Hello there. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm your host. I am Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark. Hello, Josh. How are you? Um, I am very excited about doing an episode of Prospects After Dark tonight. I wasn't sure if we would ever be able to do another episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, you know, we have an entire weekend of baseball to recap. We have three games worth of baseball. Uh, hello, everyone, to, to talk about it. I am very excited about it. Uh, not to uh, get down before we start, but uh, what is this thing? It's called Prospects After Dark. It's the ramblings of a bald, drunken asshole. Um, you know, I honestly thought maybe a week ago that we weren't going to be able to talk about Cardinal Baseball in 2020, that there would not be any more Cardinal Baseball in 2020. Uh, and I am so happy that the opportunity is here for us to watch and talk about baseball. Um, you know, you guys will find with me that I'm, I'm not one to take things too seriously, but these last couple of weeks have been really tough for all of us. I, you know, I've been very selfish in my way of thinking. You know, uh, I think about the effect that this is having on me, not being able to talk about baseball, not being able to watch Cardinal baseball. Uh, and it's selfish of me to focus on me. You know, I I had a realization about a week and a half ago that I can't imagine how hard it's been for the players to be going through what they're going through uh, every day, not knowing exactly if they're going to play or not. You know, um, so anyways, all of that, and we'll get into that as the night goes on. But I'm just really excited about getting a chance to talk about Cardinal baseball with some of the people that I love, uh, including, hello, Kyle. Hello, Ben Cerruti. Hello, Gifts. Uh, hello, everybody that's in here. But but for my pad people, uh, I'm just really excited about having a chance to talk about the thing that we love uh, uh, together, like we were meant to do. Uh, so hello there to everyone who is coming in. Good evening, Ryan Shul. Good evening, Good Life Sean. Mr. Hello, Mr. Reese. No disrespect to Kisner whatsoever, but I think we saw today how losing Molina hurts. Yeah, you know, the thing about Yadier Molina is he handles the pitching staff and probably jobs uh, uh, home plate umpires maybe better than anyone. You know, when you're Yadier Molina, you have a cachet behind the plate that a lot of other people don't have, uh, especially not a relative rookie to the major league scene. But I thought Andrew Kisner did really well behind the plate today. Uh, what up, Jack, and a bunch of numbers. Hello, Stephen McNeil. How are you? Hello, Jigsy. How are you? Crawfee, pretty sure Ramirez secured a job for live-throwing BP for the White Sox. You know, poor Roel Ramirez. Um, Roel Ramirez, a relief pitcher that the Cardinals acquired in the Tommy Pham trade, probably doesn't have any business making a major league debut. You know, that's a guy who has serious command issues, uh, demonstrated at the minor leagues. He was very good in spring training. I think for two spring training now, he's been pretty good. And he got off to a good start, an okay start. A little hit and run got him off his game, and then all of a sudden he was bouncing balls, and the White Sox teed off on him. You know, uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to see some pretty devastating pitching performances with so many games crammed into sh such a short period of time. Roel Ramirez got beat up. I hope he's the only one who does that. Uh, right now we can call him the modern-day Mike Myers. Uh, I hope he doesn't end, end up being that. I hope he gets a chance to prove that he's more than what he is. Um, but, uh, yeah, today was a rough look for that poor young man, and, you know, Mike Schilt left him out to dry, and, and I get backing your horse. Uh, not He's not your horse, but I get backing uh, and trying to show him that you have faith in him. But he took it to an extent that was damaging, in my opinion, and I, I hate to see it. Um, I also get why Mike Schilt wouldn't pull him. I understand it, you know, with trying to conserve innings and trying not to use all your pitchers after a 17-day layoff uh, leading into 100 games in 45 days or whatever. But, uh, man, it was a bad look for everybody around. B. Rick says, Tyler O'Neill, Tyler O'Canada may be the most impressive the past three games. You know, Tyler O'Neill's gotten off to a great start. Um, I'm anxious to see where it goes from here. I know that our good friend Zach Gifford, who's in here, who I love with all my heart, 
uh, did a little quote tweeting of a Viva Alberto's article. And, you know, as much as I've been a, a, a one of the people to talk very positively about Tyler O'Neill over the years, as much as I believe that Tyler O'Neill can be an offensive impact player for a very many handful of years, um, again, and I think he's going to be a mainstay on the outfield uh, until his contract's up, but let's let's give him some time. Like, give all these guys some time. You know, Dexter Fowler's been kind of impressive. Let's not beat up on him just yet. Let's give him some time. You know, a 17-day layoff, everybody take a deep breath. Let's reassess after the Cubs series at the very least, uh, hoping that they make it all the way through. Ben Cerruti, how are you? Martinez Hook said, miss the birds. I did too. Uh, Alex Reyes, holy hell from Toon Dog. Yeah, uh, one of the many positives to take from this weekend is the velocity, command, and life out of the fastball of, of Alex Reyes. Uh, you know, I thought John Gant was really good out of the bullpen yesterday. I thought um, uh, 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 Seth Elledge was really good out of the bullpen today. But definitely what Alex Reyes showed is something worth getting excited about. Now, again, that's the velocity we haven't seen out of him. That's the life out of that fastball that we haven't seen out of him. It's still a little concerning that he didn't have command of any of his other pitches other than his fastball. When you're throwing your fastball that dominantly, uh, you can kind of get away with it. I'm anxious to see the steps that he takes, how frequently he pitches, and how effectively he, how effective he is in the frequency for which he pitches. Carlson has looked really impressive hitting the ball hard from Cardinals fans 0-22. Uh, yeah, the, again, I loved that uh, that first hit, uh, the double by um, – love you too, Brad. Uh, that double by Dylan Carlson, his first major league hit, that is the ultimate Dylan Carlson at bat. You know, it's a one-two count, falls off a couple tough pitches, uh, and then, you know, keeps his bat in the zone for as long as possible and turns a single into a double. Uh, T-Force32 says, let's go. That's right. All right, so uh, before we get going – as you guys would suspect, I have a little Four Roses, some bourbon to my pad people, to the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, as they reignite their 2020 season. And this beautiful 16-ounce mug that you can get from uh, Birds on the Black. Go ahead and uh, go buy that. It benefits minor leaguers. The other thing we have is coffee. Uh, not just any coffee tonight. Again, the Blues play at 930, and I want to make sure that I'm ready to go. We, you won't be able to see it. We have Irish coffee. I've got some Baileys in there. I've got some bourbon in there. Uh, we finna get crunk. Uh, hold on. Josh says offense looked great all three games. You know, even today, only getting two runs. Uh, there were some positives to take offensively. Again, you know, Matt Carpenter came through. Uh, we need more of that for Matt Carpenter. I was a little concerned. He's come up in some situations where he needs to produce, and he didn't necessarily. But again, after a 17-day layoff, what can you even say? How can you even, uh, 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 I don't know, evaluate how a player is doing in those situations? Like, I don't even know. Uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, there are definitely positives to take away from all three games this series, uh, both offensively and pitching. Austin Stone buying a number three jersey soon. Yeah, I've got a feeling that that Dylan Carlson jersey just might pass uh, Yadier Molina as the highest-selling Cardinal jersey for a month or two for the first time since uh, uh, Albert Pujols left, would be my guess. Uh, Max Schrock thoughts from Derek. You know, Derek, uh, Max Schrock, you know, we talked about Dylan Carlson getting the most Dylan Carlson hit and the most Dylan Carlson at bat. Uh, Max Schrock's first hit was a little blooper that dropped between the second baseman, the right fielder, and the center fielder that was up in the air for like 45 minutes. That was the most Max Schrock hit that you'll see. Uh, you know, my personal thoughts about Max Schrock, and, uh, you know, I say things like this, and I think for most fans, it's a way of degradating the player. But for me, it's like, this is actually a good thing. You know, Max Schrock is like the poor man's Greg Garcia. He can't play, he can't play shortstop, but he can play second and third. Uh, he hits left-handed. You're going to want to use him as sparingly as possible, but in the right matchup, he's going to be effective. Um, he's going to make a ton of contact. He's not going to strike out a lot. Probably won't walk as much as you would hope for somebody in that in that like of that type. 
Uh, but I was really happy with what he showed in his Major League debut. I'm excited about what all these guys are showing. As Cardinals Gift said in our DM just a little while ago, I uh, it, it was a big day for prospects. It was a big weekend for prospects. And, you know, we don't get to talk about prospects anymore because minor league baseball isn't happening. And the little bit of influx of information that I'm getting out of camp is, is sparse. It's not even like stuff that I really rely on. And what can you even take from that uh, uh, from satellite camp at Springfield? So the fact that we're getting a chance to talk about these kids like we would at spring training, some of these guys who are making their major league debuts, uh, it makes me really happy to actually have something to talk about, maybe spread a little bit of knowledge where I might not otherwise be able to. Ben Sorority and everyone, sheesh, that was an influx. Uh, thoughts on Hudson? You know, from Jack and a bunch of numbers, I, uh, it was a rough first inning for Dakota Hudson. Uh, I hate when he's working as slow as he works. Um, that's really tough for me. Uh, but... He deserves a ton of credit for the way that he battled through it. He pitched an, an additional, you know, three innings or whatever that was really, really impressive that he deserves a ton of credit for. He battled. Uh, and after that initial first inning where he was all over the place, you know, his mechanics were off, all that stuff, um, it was nice to see him rebound. That, those are all positives. I made a comparison on Twitter that, you know, his stuff moves kind of like Jaime's where he doesn't necessarily know where it's going. But when he's rattled, he takes forever on the mound. And there's a lot of similarities between left-handed uh, throwing – Jaime Garcia, and right-handed throwing Dakota Hudson. Uh, A. Heckross says, Cards baseball is back, and they took two or three. Yeah, really excited stuff. District Loon says, is Elledge our hater now? You know, uh, I would say no. No, remember, Josh Hader came up through the Milwaukee organization as a starting pitcher. They had an immediate need out of the bullpen. I think some people thought he was going to be out of the bullpen long-term anyways. Uh, but Hader's a completely different animal. Hader's the elite of the elite. Uh, Josh Elledge has the potential to be a really, really good relief pitcher. I will say that that's the most lively I've seen his fastball in maybe two years. That's a huge positive. We talked about it in the, uh, the Birds on the Black group chat. His slurvy slider curveball uh, uh, looked really good. And, you know, it looked especially nasty early in his appearance. And, again, all positives. You know, again, Seth Elledge was the, 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 the player to bank on today. Like, he's the guy you walk away with that you're most impressed with uh, after today. And that's positive. The Cardinals need as many positive contributions from pitchers of all shapes and sizes as they could possibly get with as many games as they're going to have back to back to back to back over the next 50 days. Uh, hello, VHS. How are you? T4 Salido 22, or 32 says, let's all use this time to try and potentially forget the Blues game is in an hour or so. Yeah, my hope with Prospects After Dark to all of the Blues fans who are in attendance tonight is that uh, uh, we're, we talk for an hour, hour and a half, and then all of a sudden you turn it off. You roll over, you fire up your TV, it's already on Fox Sports Midwest, and you're just watching the Blues game as they take the series to a 2-1 to uh, uh, deficit, not a 3-0, to which would be the worst. Uh, Austin Dale says, I have my pie and I'm ready. Go Cardinals. You know, uh, that Felix P.A. who was drafted by the Cubs, whenever I see pie, I always think of Felix P.A. Uh, Four Minute Miller says, uh, Pad, what's everyone drinking? Again, I am drinking Four Roses bourbon and uh, coffee with Bailey's and bourbon in it. Edwin Pavizic says, Tyler O'Neill has seriously, positively surprised me so far through a few games. Yeah, there are tons of positives to build on with Tyler O'Neill. Uh, you guys know I'm a big Tyler O'Neill fan. I've been the champion of him. I've been telling you guys for years now that this is something that we might see somewhere down the road. Again, I think that there's a good chance his strikeout rate will normalize. I'm not saying it's going to get to 30, but I think you're talking about between 15 and 25, depending. But the power is always going to be there. You know, uh, he's become patient, and I'm just excited about what, you know, an entire week of Tyler O'Neill is going to look like. You know, I'm excited to see what an entire week of all of these guys look like. But 
one of the, the many bright spots, especially out of this weekend, but the first week of the season uh, before the 17-day layoff was Tyler O'Neill. Uh, and I raise my glass to the Canadian sensation, Tyler Canada, uh, Tyler O'Neill, Prince Sex, because I love that guy. He's a great guy, a great player, uh, uh, and uh, a good young man. So to Tyler O'Neill, we raise our glass. Uh, T-Force Lito says, Bud Select, a classic. I love Bud Select. I love Budweiser, Bud Select. I'm all about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Gifts is drinking a Scottish-style Amber Ale. I'm about that. White Russian later. Hey, Matt Thompson, our good friend over at Prospects Live. Matt, how are you? Uh, again, we say it every Prospects After Dark. But if you haven't taken time, if you're a prospect person, you love following the prospects, especially baseball-wide, um, <laughs> uh, uh, baseball-wide, Go to Prospects Live. They're the best. Matt Thompson's the best. Prospect Jesus is the best. Ad, Eddie's the best. Like, they're all amazing people. I love the Prospects Live. To my, my Prospects Live family, I raise my glass. Hello, Victoria. How are you? Uh, I want to hold your body with all my heart, says Cracker Liquid. Anytime you want, buddy. Anytime you want. Good life, Sean, says Carlson's family video on first hit was amazing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess, and I, I see now that uh, Mr. Carlson's in here, which is the coolest thing on earth. But as Sean, our good friend, Good Life Sean, brings up, uh, one of the most amazing moments of the weekend wasn't just Dylan Carlson making his Major League debut. It, was, it wasn't just him getting his first hit, which was a single that he turned into a double. Uh, again, the most Dylan Carlson at bat that you'll see. But it was getting a chance to see the Carlson family, who traveled to, see their, to be with their family, uh, watch the Cardinals game. Uh, to see that moment um, was awesome. And... It helps to illustrate just how much baseball is a family sport. And that's wonderful. That's that's emotional. It's great. And I feel privileged to have had the chance to um, talk with Mr. with Mr. Uh, uh, Carlson. But also, like, I feel privileged to have been able to have an insight into that moment. Uh, what a great thing for a great family. Uh, and our biggest cheers of the night goes to the Carlson family. Uh, class acts, amazing people, um, and every positive attribute that you could assign to a human being or find a word to describe a human being goes to the entire Carlson family. Just exemplary human beings. Cards fan 022, this stupid phone. Uh, are you kind of concerned about KK going against the Cubs? Yeah, uh, yeah, no. I'm concerned about all of the pitchers going against all of the hitters in every team in every league because after a 17-day layoff, I don't know what to expect. I'm excited about watching KK. I'm excited about watching Gomber. I'm excited about watching Ponce. I'm excited to see Woodford go. Woodford was a big positive the other day. Um, I'm excited about it all. But, you know, after a 17-day layoff, I have no expectations of any of these pitchers to do well, uh, even the ones that have been stretched out at satellite camp. But I'm excited to see what KK can do. Uh, you know, the KK, you'll be able to tell pretty quick. I noticed when he was in that relief appearance for the save, he slows down his arm when he's aiming, and that's when he's not effective. If he's just letting it rip, we're in for, we're in for a treat. Hello, Fish. How are you, bud? Love you. Stats Kyle, always great to see your face. Brad, we love you too, bud. Edwin Pavizic says, thoughts on how Woodford pitched his future. If Jake Woodford pitches like that, that's the best Jake Woodford that you could possibly get or hope for. 
That was wonderful. He was aggressive with his fastball. He was living on the outside corner on righties. That was beautiful with that, that heavy movement fastball. Some of the liveliest fastball action I've seen. He was dropping that curveball in up in the zone, mixing in his pitches. I was really impressed with Jake Woodford. And if that's the kind of pitcher that he's going to be, remember the one thing that the one the two knocks on Jake Woodford. A, that he walked too many people. But that was more of a product of B, which was that he nibbled too much with the stuff. So to see Jake Woodford be aggressive towards hitters and be effective is exactly what we've been talking about in the Dirty 35 and on Prospect After Dark for years now. And the fact that he was successful against a tough lineup uh, shows that that's his path to success. If we see more of it, I would definitely consider, consider him a starting option you know, beyond this year. Uh, but if not, you're talking about a legitimately good uh, a bullpen option, whether it be in a swing roll or something else moving forward. Uh, cheers, everyone, from Cards Chat. To you, I'm going to cheers with my ba- my Irish coffee, uh, bourbon, and uh, uh, Baileys. I want to say I love fishing gifts, and I love it when they talk together. Uh, Jigsy, still trying to secure that original recipe Coca-Cola. Yeah, we're all about that cocaine-infused Coca-Cola in these parts. Two-thirds after 17, two for three after 17 days off, I will gladly take. Me too. Oh, Ben Cerruti, our good friend, says mix some Black Butte and Obsidian Style from Deschutes tonight. Try it. Delicious. Ben, 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 Ben. Great call, my friend. Great call. Hey, Holden, what's up, brother? How are you? Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Coach Brent Bond says Corrosis After Dark. I love that. Uh, Victoria, hello. I got coffee, too. Not Irish, though, unfortunately. Later, Victoria, later. Holden. Uh, why go to someone for their major league debut in a one-run game? I would have opted for Gant. So, you know, if you want to break it down, first off, I do appreciate Mike Shield going to somebody in that role. I don't necessarily – he kind of went for the guy that I wouldn't have chose. The two guys I would have stayed away from are Ricardo Sanchez and Roel Ramirez. Uh, uh, but I, I do kind of appreciate him going to one of the unproven guys in that role. To your point, I definitely would have gone with Gant, but my guess is they weren't going to use Gant because they used him the day before. Uh, I would have liked them to go Elledge. Uh, like I mentioned before, I would have been more on board with them going Ricardo Sanchez. Like, Roel Ramirez is the kind of guy who surprises you in spring training and then gets blown up. Uh, I, I, but, you know, that being said, maybe they struck gold. Maybe they could have found something. Maybe he got through one inning and saved the bullpen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, but, yeah, like, again, I'm not going to beat up on Roel Ramirez. He was put in a tough situation that was made worse by his coach. And, uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm not going to beat up on the kid. Uh, I'm just going to hope that he gets a chance to prove that – he gets a chance to make amends for the bad – the back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back homers. Fish, Kyle, no-go or Ravello is a backup 1B DH. Well, I think Ravello has a little bit more position versatility. Not a lot. Uh, you know, I, I trust Ravello in left field more than I trust Nagowski. Um, if I'm choosing between no-go or Ravello, I like Ravello better than no-go, but no-go is certainly the better defensive first baseman. Uh, I just think Ravello has a better, like, all-around profile than Nagowski. And that's not to beat up on Nagowski. I think Nagowski's uh, pitch recognition and plate discipline is is pretty damn good. I just, uh, I prefer the little bit of extra pop that uh, Ravello has over Nagowski if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, uh, uh, Gifford says, I only watch Elledge throw three pitches, but holy shit, were they some pitches. Yeah, uh, to come in and uh, relief for Ravello, Seth Elledge made the most of, uh, uh, the most, of, of his appearance, and I'm anxious to see what he looks like in his next appearance. You know, last year, uh, between Springfield and Memphis, he did a little starting and a little relieving. He, especially at the end of the year, he started, and he was really impressive pitching to the Iowa Cubs in the last start of the season. 
Um, there are a lot of really positive things about Seth Elledge, and I want to see more. Again, his fastball looked livelier than I've seen in the past, and that's a huge positive. I'm anxious to see more of that. Callan Dunn says, who do you think drops off the 40-man where all those COVID guys come back? I think two are required. I'll be honest with you. I used to be really great about all the 40-man stuff. I am lost. I, I can't begin to imagine. You know, you would think uh, uh, Roel Ramirez is on the chopping block, uh, but you never know who's going to end up on the IL. You never know what's going to come next. Um, so I, I'm going to refrain from having a thought about that. Let's see what it looks like in a couple days. Uh, uh, let's see. What, let's get through the Cub series and reevaluate. Hopefully we have an entire week of baseball so we can do prospects after dark next week and really evaluate that question. Holden says, uh, was watching the White Sox broadcast and they were praising Kisner, saying he is impressive. He is impressive. You know, uh, again, every year he makes just little strides and little strides to become a better defensive catcher. You know, he still has issues framing. And more than likely, those are always going to be there. But he's getting better at it. You know, I think he's getting better at framing the pitch on the outside corners and up. Again, there's still some work he has to do on the low pitches. As Tara Woman said in our group chat, you know, that first game, he wasn't doing uh, 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 Adam Wainwright any favors low in the zone. But also, that umpire was trash. Larry Vanover was fucking terrible that first game. Despicably bad. Uh, you would think that he had a 17-day layoff from baseball, but he didn't. He's been umpiring. Um, uh, uh, and then Lance Barksdale was great in game two, which blew my mind, stuck to the strike zone, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I thought Kisner was really impressive. I'm anxious to see, you know, you figure he'll get one of the games tomorrow, one of the games on Wednesday, and then maybe Tuesday. Although I think that that's more of a weeders game. You know, my guess would be, uh, Kisner gets, uh, uh, Gomber cause Gomber is supposed to go tomorrow, right? KK and Gomber. Uh, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. But, uh, yeah, I want to see more of him, and I think that we're starting to see the natural evolution of what we have been writing about and talking about uh, in regards to Andrew Kisner for years now. Uh, Ethan Kennerman says, I'm super – holla, Brendan Bra Braden Brown, how are you? Uh, just trying to get you to the Blues game, bud. Just trying to keep your mind off the Blues. Ethan Kennerman says, I'm super excited for the Kim start tomorrow. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm excited for Kim. I'm excited for Gomber and Ponce, another Woodford appearance, whatever that looks like. I'm anxious for Alex Reyes to get another chance. Uh, Gant was really good. Um, you know, other than Roel Ramirez, and that's not to beat up on Roel Ramirez, I've been really impressed uh, with the Cardinals pitching uh, this to, out of the gate. You can't ask for anything more than what you got. Hack Muff, our good friend, uh, our, another, our other good friend in uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Arizona area. Hack Muff says, can Carlson save the Blues too? Yeah, uh, uh, Carlson is going to be the starter in goal tonight. Uh, they're not going to go Allen or Bennington. They're going to go Carlson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we really need a win out of the Blues tonight, right? If, if the Blues don't win tonight, it's probably uh, it's probably over for them. Good life, Sean says Seth Elledge, though. Elledge was great. Again, as Cards Gift says, old Baptist. Yeah, old big dick Baptist Seth Elledge. Uh, uh, let's see. F uh, uh, Nighthawk says the boyfriend likes the Lankford jersey. Good job. Your boyfriend's got good taste. Uh, that Lankford jersey came off of his back in spring training of 1993. It's even marked. It's my most prized possession. I'm not even one to have a ton of possessions. Uh, I will have a number three Carlson jersey probably pretty soon, I would think. Um, uh, but uh, I'll have my Carlson jersey, my Hicks jersey, my Helsley jersey, and my Kisner jersey. Uh, I never got in a Rosarena jersey. Pretty happy about that now. Uh, but uh, uh, they all kind of sit. I never wear it because I don't really wear jerseys. But your boyfriend has great taste. Uh, to Ray Langford, we raise our glass of bourbon. Uh, let's see. Naparulli says, sup, boo. What's up, Naparulli? How are you, bud? Your boy Rob Tom's going to have a big game tonight. He's going to lead the Blues to a victory to make the series 2-1. to one. Miss Miranda, hello, Miss Miranda. How are you? 
is Seth a reliever or could he be a starter? Dakota is hard to watch, good looking and all, but no, that Dakota Hudson's a beautiful man. Uh, Seth Seth Elledge was a reliever at Dallas Baptist University. He was drafted by the Mariners as a reliever and pretty well was a reliever up until the end of last season. The Cardinals had some pitching depth issues at the upper levels, and he ended up uh, uh, starting a little bit. You know, more than likely, uh, well, first off, I guess if you wanted to go at it from a different angle, he doesn't have a lot of innings on that arm. So maybe he ends up having like a Kyle McClellan or Braden Looper like resurrection as a starter. Uh, maybe that's what Tony LaRusso would do if he was the manager. But more than likely, you're talking about a multi-inning reliever. Uh, and you're right, Dakota Hudson, when he's working slow, is really hard to watch. Fish says, how about Kiz today? Looked really good. Yeah, I loved everything we saw from Kiz. Even when he got out uh, at the plate, he was stinging the ball. Chat 18 says, I may be in the minority today, but I was fine with leaving Ravelo, or with Royal Ramirez in for as long as they did uh, with the DH tomorrow. I get it, but here's my thinking about that is he was, before he let up the home run to Moncada, which was the first of the four, the four home runs, he was bouncing balls. He was all over the place. And they didn't have anyone warming up. He lets up the home run to Moncada, and then they start warming someone up. You've got to be smart about what's going on. You've got to be, you've got to be willing to adjust. Uh, you've got to be willing to make the adjustment quick in those situations, especially with guys making their major league debut. If you're going to end up having to go to Elledge anyways, then why put your team in a position uh, down seven instead of down four? You know, like, you've got to be quick about those moments. And, and you're right, but you're right. Like, it's not exactly – let me start over. It's not exactly right to criticize Schilt. Uh, for leaving Royal Ramirez, and I understand why he did it. It's just that it became evident, leading into the Moncada home run, to everybody who was watching, that Roel just didn't have it. Uh, and then when he let up the Moncada home run, he just started getting people ready. You have to have somebody ready in that in that moment. Uh, when he starts losing it, uh, you need to have somebody warming up and ready. And one thing that Mike Schilt has been really bad about, and this goes to uh, veterans, it goes to rookies, is he's been really bad about having somebody warming up at the right time. He always waits one batter too late to have somebody warming up, which means he goes to a pitcher, a bullpen pitcher, a reliever, one batter too late, kind of frequently. Um, let's see, with the DH tomorrow, I get you. Elledge is a reliever. That's right. Canadian sensation is new. I love it. I love that Tyler O'Neill. Uh, let's see, I understand about Royal being left in two, five games in the next three days. Me too, Ben. Uh, Foster, hey, Foster the person, Ancho and Kila. That's, ooh, Ancho and Kila. Now we're talking. Jay Lynn Hart says, have you heard anything about how Walker Wynn have looked in Springfield? Yeah, uh, look, I'll tell you, I don't know much about Mason Wynn. He's only been there for a little bit. I will say a couple weeks ago, some of the reports I, were getting about, I was getting about Jordan Walker was positive. It seems like everyone kind of agrees that Jordan Walker needs to put on a little bit more weight, get a little bit stronger. Um, but, yeah, look, everything that I've heard from about every prospect has been positive down at Springfield, and that has me a little worried that some of the information I'm getting is super biased and maybe tainted. Uh, but, look, I've heard nothing but positive things, especially about the 2020 draft picks. Noah, Noah Nelson, hey, Noah, watch some competitive Jordan Walker batting practice, saw him making good adjustments on the fly. Yeah, he, look, Jordan Walker is a smart kid, and I know there's a lot of people out there who are maybe down on him going 21st overall. But that's the kind of player you bank on if you're going to take a chance on a high school player. Uh, again, I hate the fact that we don't have minor league baseball, not only because it leaves a huge hole in my heart uh, and in my free time, uh, but because I can't imagine how tough it is. You know, I was thinking about Luke and Baker the other day. You know, this was going to be a big season for Luke and Baker in the Texas League, getting a chance to show his, the power strides that he made. 
uh, getting a chance to show that maybe some of those uh, those failures that he showed at the Florida State League were just product of the Florida, Florida State League. And now you don't get that out of Luke and Baker. You know, there's pitchers that won't get innings. There's hitters that won't get a chance to show what they're made of. You know, uh, you know, just think about it theoretically. What if Bryce Denton and Nick Plummer were going to bust out this year? Well, now they've got to wait an entire year. Maybe they get healthy, and next year they get to stick with the organization and bust out anyways. But it just, you know, losing an entire minor league season sucks. Coach Brent Bond says, see the Twitter exchange between Trevor Bauer and Trevor Rosenthal? I did not. Uh, Jeff Carlson should call in. That'd be amazing. I would have snuck you into the stadium. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Coach Brett Bond said, what did mediocre pitcher like Bauer start thinking he was the biggest badass ever? He's more than mediocre. He's pretty good. Uh, BJ Dittman says, what kind of impact should we expect from Henesis this season? He looked a little unfocused. So I don't know about the unfocused part. I, I think that sometimes we make this general assumption that people aren't focused when they're throwing a lot of balls and not locating their pitches. The one thing we know about Henesis from his time in the minor leagues as well as his time in the major leagues, uh, a couple things we know. One is that sometimes he tips his pitches. But second, we know that he has trouble repeating his mechanics. And that's what I saw. I didn't see a lack of focus. I saw trouble repeating his mechanics. Uh, and that's what you can expect out of Henesis Cabrera. There are going to be times when Henesis is dominant. He's going to show the ability to be dominant. And it's not always going to stick. Because he's always, my guess would be, my guess would be, although he could definitely clean it up, because of the, the volatility of his delivery, he's always going to struggle to repeat that delivery. And that makes him kind of a wild card in the bullpen. Uh, it makes him kind of a wild card in general, but it makes him kind of a wild card, especially in the bullpen. Uh, but we know he's filthy. We know he's nasty. We know he's got some of the best pure stuff in the organization. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you can't control it. Derek Iwanek says, I didn't realize Woodford had such magnificent hair. Yeah, he showed it a bit last year, too. Uh, it gets kind of crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that lettuce, as the hockey players would say, as we prepare you for the Blues game, that lettuce is something majestic. Jay Dizzy 515 says, how about Tatis Sr. saying the Cardinals passed on Tatis Jr.? Um, uh, Jay Dizzy 515. It wasn't just the Cardinals that passed on Tatis Jr. Um, now, you guys have to understand that I took like a four-day break from Twitter, a five-day break from Twitter, and that was one of the first things I saw when I loaded up Twitter earlier in the week. And I thought, come on. Look, everybody passed on Tatis Jr. You want to know why? Because he wasn't good. Uh, he didn't really exhibit the athleticism. Uh, and that's just the reality of the situation. Now, I don't know if the 19 tryouts is true. I don't know how many of those were showcases where 30 other teams or 29 other teams were there. Um, you know, I can't speak for any of that. Uh, but what I know is this is why you don't evaluate teenagers. This is why it's so goddamn hard to evaluate teenagers. This is why when every international class is signed and people are like, what do you think of that 16-year-old that the Cardinals just signed for $2.3 I laugh at them because you cannot project how a 16-year-old is going to develop. There's no fucking way. It's impossible. You know, you can take guesses, uh, and that's all that they're doing. So my to me, saying that about Tatis Jr., you know, like I get it, but I don't care. Don't get caught up in that nonsense. Look, if you want to get caught up in the Cardinals passing on 19, 19, and, and developed physically, Luis Robert, you can do that. I, I'm fine with that. But when you start talking about signing a 16, 17-year-old kid who didn't really show much to, you know, 30 organizations, then you got to keep your mouth shut, you know, like for me at least. So I'm not going to damn the Cardinals for passing on Tatis Jr. Yeah, look, I would have loved for them to have signed him. I would have loved for him to develop as the shortstop of the future for the Cardinals. 
but there's no promises that he would have done that. You know, the Padres traded him for James Shields. You know, they didn't think that high of him, and they covet players like that. Maybe the steps that he took in life put him in the position that he's in now. And without those steps, maybe it doesn't happen. Hey, Mr. Carlson says, awesome weekend. Cheers to all you. <laughs> Love hearing about prospects, so stop talking about the Carlsons. That's right. So that's See, just like with our Hicks family, again, I'm going to raise my glass to the Carlsons and the Hicks. But just like Jordan Hicks and Dylan Carlson, we don't talk about them anymore. They're not prospects. Uh, uh, we're here to, you know, we'll talk about the Major League players, which both Jordan Hicks and Dylan Carlson are now, which is fucking awesome. Uh, but we'll talk about prospects more. Uh, what an awesome thing. That, that is an awesome moment, Jeff. Thank you so much. Jeff and Karen, we love you guys. Tanner, too, we'll throw it out there. Uh, Brayden Brown says, like KK in Chicago, they've never seen him. And three to four innings in a seven-inning game is all we need. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, I'm excited about KK against the Cubs. I think it's a hell of a matchup. I wish we were seeing KK versus Darvish for the international flair. I think that'd be wonderful. But I also want to take a second right now as we talk about needing three or four innings. How amazing was it to see Adam Wainwright on Saturday? How gutsy and ballsy and wonderful of a performance by Adam Wainwright did we see on Saturday? That could not have gone any better. It could not have gone any more perfectly. It's got me smiling ear to ear right now just thinking about it. What an amazing Cardinal. What, uh, what an amazing Cardinal Adam Wainwright is. I will be on board for building that guy a statue and retiring 50 and putting him in the Cardinals Hall of Fame right away. And again, maybe not the statue thing. I would get that. But retire 50. I am... Adam Wainwright, while he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame like Chris Pronger did to me, Adam Wainwright is to Cardinal baseball what Chris Pronger is to Blues hockey. Uh, so that's my thought. I just wanted to throw that out there as we talk about minimal innings over a seven-inning game. Friggin' Cards says, not putting any money down on anything, but pleasantly surprised by Reyes. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Look, that heat that Reyes was bringing, not just velocity, the fact that it was easy, the fact that it had tons of movement, the fact that he could throw it right down the middle of the plate and no one could hit it was beautiful. We are a little concerned that he couldn't locate his breaking pitches. I think we'll see that when some of the nerves, some of the rush shakes off. Uh, and more Alex Reyes, please. More of that Alex Reyes. Like I tweeted out, oh, hey, there's that Alex Reyes. That's that 2016 Alex Reyes that we haven't seen since. Uh, we're 47 behind. I promise I'm going to try to get caught up pretty quick here. Crawfee 25 says, which side should I make with dinner, mac and cheese, or potato salad? Mac and cheese always. But with mac and cheese, maybe throw a little mushroom if that's your thing. Throw a little onion if that's your thing. Throw a little tomato if that's your thing. Like, that's how I like to make mac and cheese. Uh, JT Frisch says, are these pitch counts limits too much of a precaution and going to hurt us more than help? Uh, you know, I don't really have much of a thought. I know that I personally would be very cautious with the pitchers. You know, there's been a lot of injuries. There's been an influx of injuries, Major League Baseball-wide. And with the expanded playoffs, uh, uh, which pretty much tells you that the um, uh, the Cardinals are pro – you know, as long as they get above 500 or near 500, they're probably going to make the expanded playoffs. I would rather be conservative and have as many pitchers for the expanded playoffs as possible than I would be uh, putting them in harm's way right now and losing them and again like i think i'd have a different philosophy maybe a little bit if we weren't talking about so many double headers between now and expanded playoff time but uh uh you know they're going to be stretched thin so uh, again that stretched thin thing also works against the argument that i just made because you you're going to be stretched thin. you're not going to have as many pitchers uh but look i i know that it's hard to throw max effort uh for for 10 pitches uh you start talking about 50 or 60 then, uh, you know, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense that the Cardinals will be a little bit more conservative. 
I would be conservative. You know, it's a 17-day game, a 17-day layoff where they were throwing at mattresses in hotel rooms. Uh, you got to be conservative. You got to protect the arms for the, the stretch. Our good friend Matty Ice. To Matty Ice, I raise my glass. And he asks, after which of the four homers would you have pulled Ramirez? It would have been the first one. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned uh, in one of the chats before the Moncada home run that I would have pulled him before Moncada. He, I definitely would have had somebody warming up, and then when Moncada hit that home run, I would have gone to someone else, uh, Elledge more than likely. But also, like, this isn't to damn Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt is a really, really good manager, but Roel Ramirez is not the guy you go with there. You know, you're, you're, you're going there because of spring training results. You know, Seth Elledge, Rob Kaminsky were better options. In my opinion, just based on pure stuff uh, and location, like I'd have gone Ricardo Sanchez before Roel Ramirez. But I get why they did it. I get their comfort level. Uh, if Jesus Cruz or Ryan Miesner ever make the Cardinal debut, that's probably the same results. Not the same because they're not. No one's going to hit back to back to back to back home runs again. Uh, but that's the kind of results that you could probably expect more than likely. Uh, but yeah, probably after the first one. Uh, Brad says, "What's it take for the Blues to win tonight?" More of what we saw on Friday night. Uh, they've got to stay out of the box. That's first and foremost um, because that Vancouver power play is incredible. Uh, you know, they've got to control the puck as much as possible. The end-to-end, -end, I don't think, benefits them because of Vancouver's speed. That's a concern for me. You know, their defense, are, they have faster defensemen. Uh, you know, one thing that I'd like to see is I'd like to see, I'd like to see the kids play. I'd like to see Cairo in there. I'd like to see Costin in there. Um, I think that they do better by having more speed to match Vancouver's speed. You know, Eric Brower does nothing for me. Uh, uh, you know, Mac-Mac, uh, I want to see more Mac-Mac. But they need speed to match that Vancouver speed, and they need to keep that D tight. Uh, 68 Inches and Ugly says, I didn't get to see Elledge. What kind of pitches did he throw? So there's a little confliction, a uh, little conflicting reports there. On StatCast, it was coming up as a curve. I've always heard it called a slider, uh, but he threw a, a, a fastball that was nasty and a breaking pitch that was a little slurvy, and it was wonderful. Uh, and he pitched great, and that was awesome. Uh, Naparilli says, drinking, bu drinking bush light apple tonight. Don't knock it till you try it. I had it. My brother Scott, uh, who's an amazing human being, had it the last time I went over to his place. Bud light apple is delicious. Look, beer is delicious. Alcohol is delicious if you're above 21. Uh, drink responsibly. Good luck, Sean says. Shilt learning to manage without Yachty is a thing. Yeah, he made these decisions before, even when Yachty plays. So that's that's a you know for me that's a wash. Like he was doing this shit whether Yachty's in the lineup or not. And again, that's not to beat up on Mike Shilt. Mike Shilt is a gr a good manager. He's not Tony Larusa, but he's not Mike Matheny either. He's somewhere in the middle, and that's a huge upgrade. That's awesome. We'll take that. It's just that there's little things that he could really learn from that he isn't showing the ability to learn from uh, that hurt the team in the long run. Uh, Hack Muff says prospects after one week. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we're dealing with here. Freaking Card says, do you see many more ML debuts over the next week? Um, Ricardo Sanchez might make a major league debut. You know, if they need innings, something like that could happen. Uh, I do think eventually we see Johan Oviedo. It's going to be tough to get him on the forty man, especially as you're pulling guys off of the forty man. But I, I think that there's reason to have Johan Oviedo make a major league debut. you got to put him on the 40-man, I'm pretty sure, after this year anyways. So it would be awesome to see him make a major league debut. And honestly, like uh, those are just the first couple that come to mind uh, without really thinking about it. And again, I, I'm embarrassed to admit, as someone who usually has a pretty, pretty good grasp of the 40-man, you know, what the taxi squad looks like, uh, uh, I, am, I am lost. Like, I am a fly in the ointment. I, I, I know nothing. So... Um, those are just the first couple names that come to mind. You know, the Cardinals like Jesus Cruz a lot. I, again, I think that'd be a disaster. 
while it isn't, uh, it wouldn't be his major league debut, Ryan Meisner, who they acquired off of waivers from the Baltimore Orioles and who lost all last year to arm surgery, he could be somebody who makes a major league debut. And honestly, like, with as many pitchers as the Cardinals are going to need for the next X amount of days, uh, I wouldn't rule any pitcher out. Any pitcher that's at the satellite camp, I wouldn't rule any of them out. You know, one of my favorite minor league relievers is Brian Dobzanski. I'd like to see him get a chance. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Victoria says, I like what I saw yesterday. Wish they could have produced more offense today, though. They got a bunch of hits. They just didn't hit in situations. They were stinging Keichel. You know, uh, Dylan Carlson lined the ball hard to Keichel. Uh, uh, it seemed like they were really hitting him. It was just going to people. And the White Sox deserve a ton of credit for the way that they shifted on the Cardinals. The Cardinals hit into a lot of shifts. Uh, it was like the White Sox knew where the ball was going. Uh, so to the White Sox. Team SDL says, Edmund showing how valuable he really is. Plays good. Well, he says great D everywhere and can hit. Love that guy. Yeah, we love Tommy Edmund. Uh, I tried telling you guys that he'd be a good defensive replacement at shortstop. And maybe if the Cardinals listen to me more, uh, uh, they'd get into a better position. You know, guys, not to brag, but I'm really good at this. Uh, I am very, very good. I'm an asshole. Uh, I'm definitely really stupid. I'm kind of a drunken fool. Uh, but I'm really good at this. No, I'm kidding. I'm kind of a jackass. I'm not particularly good at any of this. Uh, Foster the person, how many guys on COVID list still? Is it 10, right? 10 players, something like that? I can't even keep track of it. And remember, uh, more than likely, Austin Gomber will come off of that. Remember, he was put on the 10-day IL as precaution, not because he tested positive. Braden Brown says, what is left pitching-wise in Springfield? Again, guys, I'm sorry. I- I- I'm-, I'm out of it. You know, Angel Rondon, Zach Thompson, Johan Oviedo uh, come to the top of my head. You know, uh, just as guys who you might have a chance. Uh, And then other than that, uh, man, I can't even, I haven't looked. I can't keep track. So on a personal note, you know, last Friday the Cardinals were going to play and then they had more positive tests. And that put me in a really bad spot. You know, without having minor league baseball to occupy my mind uh, and without having Cardinal baseball, you know, I honestly slipped into a pretty hard depression over the last, you know, between Sunday of last week until about Wednesday of this week. I mean, I, it was bad. It was really bad. And, like, I stopped following. I stopped paying attention. I stopped looking at Twitter. I just wanted it out of my mind because of how bad it made me feel. So I'm out of it. Uh, and I'm trying to claw my way back in. And this weekend was a big step in the right direction for me personally. And I'm sure for many of you as well. Uh, so uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm not as I'm not as up to date on the 40 man, what's going on in Springfield. Uh, uh, but... Hopefully come next week, we've got an entire week of Cardinal baseball to talk about. And I promise at that point, I will be more well-versed as the the influx of talent goes from Springfield to Chicago, where the Cardinals are at, to St. Louis, uh, and back, 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 back. Uh, Holden says, just picked up KK in fantasy. Ooh, uh, thinking about picking him up and uh, dropping him and picking up Gomber instead. I uh, stick with KK. Why not? You know, uh, uh, let's put our faith in KK. Coach M. Post says, next position player prospect. Who could help? Uh, God, you know, so many players have made their major league debut. Uh, uh, um, um, man, I don't know. Jose Godoy. You know, um, I don't want anything bad to happen to Matt Wieters or Andrew Kisner, but I would love to see Jose Godoy, uh, the backup catcher, make a major league debut. I think that'd be awesome. Mr. Carlson says, Carlson is from Cali. No ice out here. LOL. Uh, that's terrific stuff. Brad says, MFK, Carlson, O'Neill, and Fowler. Um, you just M uh, and F, all three of them. 
Uh, team STL says that Edmund showing how valuable he really is to the team. Great DL over. He can hit. Love that guy. Yeah, me too, Team STL. And again, for all of you who are new to Prospects After Dark, I try to read all the comments. Right now, it's telling me that I'm 38 messages behind. Just stick with me. Give me five minutes, and I'll be to your question. Uh, I promise. I just I want ever look. You guys give such great content here, whether it be comments or questions. And I wanna I wanna honor each and every one of them. I wanna talk about each and every one of them. Uh, so that's why, you know, if you got to put it a couple times, I understand. I promise we'll get to it as soon as possible. Uh, Brayden Brown says, any clue who the Cubs are starting other than Hendricks in game one? I do not know. Uh, Colby Wacker says, what did you think of Comiskey? Such a good story. Yeah, you know, it was funny. First off, great story. I'm happy for him. I have, I'm happy for him. He made his major league debut as a Cardinal. I remember when he was drafted, I remember listening to him on KMOX talk about how excited he was to be a member of the St. Louis Cardinals about how they were one of his favorite organizations as an 18-year-old. Um, uh, so to see him make his major league debut as a Cardinal after the, the trip he made to get there was awesome, and the trip that he made to get there is super awesome too. What did I think today? I think Edmonds nailed it. I think he was breathing super heavy on the mound, as I would or as any of us would if we were making our major league debut under those circumstances. Uh, but I was impressed. You know, He was moving really slow to start, a little too slow. Uh, I want to see him speed that up, but... To get a 1-2-3 inning, uh, maybe some hard contact here and there, but a 1-2-3 inning was awesome. Just a great moment. So to the Comiskey family, we raise our glass. Uh, 68 Inches and Ugly says, why isn't Schilt putting Carlson in center, or in O'Neal in center over Carlson? He's clearly faster. Look, uh, to be honest, both O'Neal and Carlson, their best position is right field. As a matter of fact, Tyler O'Neal is a, I would say a plus defensive right fielder. And I think Dylan Carlson is a well above average right fielder. Uh, but remember, speed isn't everything in center field. It's about reads. It's about comfort. Uh, uh, it's about jump. Uh, uh, and I would say, as much as I love Tyler O'Neill, as much as I think Tyler O'Neill could play a pretty good uh, defensive center fielder on a regular basis, I think if I'm weighing the two options, I'm putting him in center uh, uh, over O'Neill. Uh, and again, like, for me personally, I'd rather have Fowler and left and O'Neill and right, uh, but that's just me. Uh, look, I'm not going to um, to lose my mind over uh, uh, whoever's in center. I just want Carlson and O'Neill in there as often as possible. Roy McAvoy, hey, Roy, what's up? Please tell me we are going to get a lot more Carlson in center. I think that in due time, we're going to see more Carlson in center. Now, I also want to say that when he's ready, I want to see more Lane Thomas, too, like, I'm happy we're getting more Dylan Carlson. I think we need more Dylan Carlson. I think we need a lot of Tyler O'Neill. But I still want to see Lane Thomas, and I still want to see Lane Thomas get a chance to get a shot. COVID fucking sucks. Uh, Braden Brown, is Bader trade bait, 40-man crunch, probably a movable piece? Yeah, he's always – I don't know if he's trade bait. Uh, he's definitely a movable piece. He's been a movable piece for two years. Is he trade bait? I don't know. You know, Maybe you find an organization who overvalues defense uh, and center, uh, uh, and, and you can make the most out of him. I, I would move him. I, he's a redundant part, in my opinion. I say that, but then, you know, you watch him beat out a double play and his speed turns into something special and he's a great defending outfielder. You know, I, I've said since day one with Dylan, uh, with, uh, uh, with Harrison Bader. You know, he, people view this as a knock on him. I view this as an amazing talent to have, but you view him as a fourth outfielder where in the sixth inning you put him in center, you move your center fielder to a corner, you optimize your defense, and you also get a pinch runner in the, proce in the process. Like, that's how you value, optimize the value there. So, is he expendable? Yes. Is he trade bait? I don't know. 
Is his value tied into being an amazingly talented defensive fourth outfielder? Yeah, absolutely. It's been that way for years. Ethan Kennerman says, I can't wait for DeYoung to be back, but I love O'Neal in the four hole. Me too. Me too. I'm anxious to see what happens when Yachty comes back and DeYoung comes back. Uh, hello, JV Rod. It's his, uh, his first day on Periscope. Hello. Is Helsley on the COVID list? Yes, he is. Team SCL says, where are the bell? Where in the hell does he read the comments from? Just curious. They're right here. I'm coming up to him. Uh, Wainwright was masterful. So great to see. Yeah, the Wainwright thing was awesome. So who is the next uh, Cody Whitley, Seth Elledge? You know, I, I don't think that they have a guy just like that. You know, those two guys are, you know, especially with Whitley, like he was something special. Uh, we kind of saw that coming. You know, Junior Fernandez is something special. Kind of saw that coming. I think Brian Dobzanski could perform in a, an admirable capacity in the bullpen. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think I, I don't, like, without thinking about it, and again, like I was saying a second ago, Ben, I'm embarrassed by this, but, you know, between, like, the depression hole that I slipped in and not having minor league baseball and not knowing what to do with myself, like, my Rolodex is thin. You know, uh, I, I think I think Johan Oviedo could be that. I think Angel Rendon could be pretty dominant. Um, if given the opportunity, but other than that, like, I mean, you know, you know, first and foremost, Ben, like I don't give relief pitchers their in the, in the minor leagues, they're, they're just due in the first place. So, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that other than the names that I just kind of rattled off a second ago, I don't necessarily know if, uh, if that's, uh, that's in the cards. Uh, Wayno, yes, indeed. Wayno was amazing on Saturday. What an awesome thing. Brayden Brown says he and Yachty get a joint statue. I want, if they're going to build a joint statue for Wayno and Yachty, I want it to be the picture where they're like basically reverse spooning on the post-dispatch for the season uh, from the the, the the season opening article that they wrote. That's what I want. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roy McAvoy says, Uncle Charlie was in the building on Saturday. He really was. Friggin' cards. Sorry, Mr. Reyes, Chad. Appreciate the recap. Always friggin' cards. Ask the questions. Look, Prospects After Dark is uh, it's all about repetition. Uh, bring your questions. You know, I don't expect anyone to be in here and listen to me for more than a minute and a half at any given time. Uh, I would respect anyone for turning in, tuning in, and then bailing right away. That's what I would do if I was listening to someone as much of a jackass as I am. Um, but, uh, so always feel comfortable to ask whatever questions you want, always, uh, even if we've addressed it. Because, look, it's it's all information. It's all something we're talking about. Coach Brett Bond says, Wayno has had the best career of any Carlers hurler in my lifetime. It's the longest, most fun uh, career in my lifetime. And, you know, Adam Wainwright is just a class act all around. You know, exemplary human being. Uh, I think I just said human being like my father would. Human being. Uh, and uh, he's the kind of guy you got to root for. And the kind of guy that the Cardinals have made uh, uh, an organization on the back of because he's such an exemplary human being. Uh, to Adam Wainwright, I'll raise my mug of uh, Irish coffee with bourbon and Baileys in it. Uh, little Mattie says... Got to take some time off of work to watch all these games. I was just thinking to myself, that game on Wednesday, I might take a couple hours on Wednesday so that I can, uh, 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 Ben, I can't even, um, Ben, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to retweet it. I don't, I can't read that. You've got like letters and lowercase and uppercase. Like, come on, dude. I'm not smart enough to A, understand it or B, to read it. I can barely read this, and this is what I've been trained to read since I was a year old or whenever they start teaching people to read. But it looks complicated, and I'm very proud of you for doing it. And somehow it's a thread. Oh, boy. I don't even know what's going on there. I'll try to read it here in a second, but I'm still 30 messages behind Ben Cerruti. I love you. Uh, so anyways, I was thinking about taking off on Wednesday to watch both games uh, uh, just a couple hours. Again, I love as much baseball as we're going to get. 
And, you know, not to bring this conversation down, but here's the hoping that there are no COVID positive tests uh, because it, it comes and goes just like that. And that's why it's important that we as Cardinal fans really soak up every minute of Cardinal baseball that, that we get. Because, you know, like, oh, again, last Friday we thought we were going to get baseball and we didn't. And it's crushing when it happens. So I would, I would recommend to every Cardinals fan to really soak in every minute that you possibly can of Cardinal baseball. Uh, I definitely have uh, because you just never know in this environment, uh, in, in this, in, you know, baseball in the time of COVID when it's going to be taken from you. Uh, so to hoping that we get five games against the Cubs in three days and 60 million games and 40-something game days uh, for the rest of the season. Hey, Social Matt, what's up? He says, Gant, Elledge, Gallegos, Reyes could be a hell of a bullpen for a few years. Yeah, don't forget about Helsley in there, too. You know, you get Helsley back. And then also, yeah, that's, I mean, they have arms. You know, arms come and go, which is always a concern. But, uh, um, look, they've got some pretty interesting people. And don't forget about Whitley. You know, don't forget about Elledge. You know, like, there's a couple guys you're missing there. And it's exciting to think that they have those arms to bank on. And also Woodford. You never know what Woodford's going to... Like, that's the best Jake Woodford I've seen in quite some time since the beginning of last year when he got off to a hot start. So that's awesome. Coach Brent Bond says, how does one get our good friend status asking for a friend? Uh, it just happens organically. Like, look, everybody who's in Prospects After Dark right now is a good friend. Everyone. And that's how Prospects After Dark rolls. That's how Birds on the Black rolls. Look, we are a community, and a community is built upon a unity. Uh, and sure, every once in a while you might get uh, uh, a little bit of disorder and unity. But the beautiful thing about Prospects After Dark is the reuniting of, of, of you know, uh, negative, uh, of things that went negative that can be turned into positive. You know, we're seeing it, we've seen it, and it's going to keep going. And that's the beauty of Prospects After Dark. Uh, so to my, my good friend, Coach Brent Bond, to all my good friends who are Pad people, uh, whether you were once a Pad person and now hate me, or are currently a pet person and will eventually hate me, I raise my glass to you. Uh, life is short and love every second of whatever second you get. Team SEL says, yeah, well, you have to face three hitter minimum, so you couldn't pull him after the first one, genius. Ah, I like where your head's at. No, because he had, that would have been, uh, uh, yeah, you could have, right? Because Mancata was the third batter. Um, right? Am I wrong about that? Because it was a single... And then a hit and run, and then Moncada. So I, I, you could have pulled him uh, after the first one. Roy McAvoy says, who's the next prospect to make his cards debut? And there was an out in there, too. Um, God, I don't even know who's on the roster. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, Roy McAvoy. Uh, Troy Brower. Eric, yeah, whatever. I'm sorry. Uh, Blues played their best game of the playoffs on Friday. Hopefully it's not too late. Hopefully. Um, Drew Langley says... With Carlson call up Dex's contract and O'Neill's play, do the Cards try to move any of the other outfielders? Yeah, look, they still have outfield depth to move. I could definitely see that happening. Um, but, you know, and, and this is the other thing. Look, I am definitely on board. I, I have been quoted and quoted and quoted as saying that I think the Cardinals' best outfield alignment is O'Neill Carlson, O'Neill Thomas Carlson. I, I will stand by that. But, and I understand why people are not hot on Dex, Dexter Fowler. I get it. But Dexter Fowler has been relatively, as compared to the rest of the lineup, productive. And as long as he's this productive, he has to stay in the lineup, not only because of his contract, but because he's productive in an otherwise unproductive lineup. 
so let's 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 not jump the sh- let's not get rid of Dexter Fowler just yet. If he stops producing like he's producing now, then yes, I'm about it. I get it. Uh, but I've actually been pleasantly surprised with what I've seen out of Dexter Fowler, and I'm not ready. Look, just like with Harrison Bader, right? I have my own personal feelings about Harrison Bader. Uh, I think he's a fourth outfielder whose talent could be really beautifully utilized in that capacity, late in games especially. Uh, but if he's going to be really good, if he's going to take positive steps, let's lo- let's get excited about those positive steps. Let's be realistic about those positive steps, and let's hope that those positive steps continue. And in the same respect, if let's like not cherry-pick when he's bad just to uh, uh, fulfill our prophecies, our self-fulfilling prophecies. Let's be realistic. Let's be ob- let's. Let's try to be as objective as compared to subjective as possible. Uh, and right now, Dexter Fowler is producing. He's producing more than a lot of other people in the lineup are. Uh, and you can't take that out right now. And also, when you're talking about your 8 or 9 or 7 hitter, like it's not bad. He's not a bad in that capacity. Now, I would like for him to start, and I'd like for Harrison Bader to maybe play center in innings 7 through 9, and Dylan Carlson to move to right field uh, while utilizing the DH however they choose. Uh, let's see. Good Life Sean said, are those books or DVDs in your bookshelf? Books on the bottom, DVDs up top. It's hilarious. I haven't even touched that bookshelf in like 10 years. Uh, Crofty says, uh, who do you think got the best worst rental car and who won the race to Chicago? Uh, I don't know. I, I would say that, uh, didn't Bader get a Mustang? I can't imagine, or a, a, a convertible or something like that. I can't imagine anyone else getting a better car than that. Although a Yukon is really nice, uh, for Schilt. And who won the race? Uh, uh, my guess would be Tommy Edmond. Ben Cerruti, uh, not Bader. He was IGing on the side of the road. Yeah, definitely not Bader. Uh, Martinez hooked. Hope you were feeling better, Kyle. I am. Uh, Cards57 says, call up Thompson. Look, I'd love to see Zach Thompson performing in the major leagues. I'd love to know what it looks like. I think he'd be better than maybe some other options, uh, that, that are, that are there. Uh, I, I like Zach Thompson. As a matter of fact, if I was redoing the Dirty 35, I'd make Zach Thompson number two. Uh, behind Dylan Carlson, it'd be Carlson, Thompson, probably Herrera, probably Gorman, uh, and then Libertor more than likely, honestly. Uh, the more I watch, you know, those first couple months of, uh, of quarantine, although I was still working, I watched quite a bit of minor league baseball, and uh, those are just my impressions of it all. Uh, Good Life Sean says, Kyle, true about depression, but I just stayed on Twitter the whole time. Not worth it. Yeah, it's definitely not. Twitter It can be really bad when none of the good stuff is happening. Brian J uh, underscore five says, would you have to clear two 40 men spots once guys are cleared from COVID? I'm pretty sure you would have to. Again, I apologize. Uh, I am not prepared for those questions. I I am definitely uh, not as well-versed in the 40 man as I used to be. And I apologize full and wholeheartedly for it. Good life. Sean says this episode needs some talk about Bader's hair. Yeah. Bader's hair is gorgeous. Uh, Ponce de Leon's hair is gorgeous. Uh, Gant's hair is gorgeous. Woodford's hair is gorgeous. Look, the, the Cardinals have lettuce, and it's wonderful. Uh, I don't have lettuce. I have misshapenness, which is also kind of wonderful. Dick Hut Dillon says, should Strzok play second with Wong's struggle at the plate right now? I will say that I was impressed with... So, taking a step back, talking about Colton Wong. The answer is no, no. You keep playing Colton Wong. Colton Wong's going to be Colton Wong. It'll be fine. The one thing that I am... like. If Colton Wong was behind on stuff, I'd be concerned. But Colton Wong is ahead of stuff right now. Uh, he's topping things, putting it into the ground, uh, and he's ahead of it, which is actually a positive sign for Colton Wong, in my opinion. We saw later, late in today's game, he turned on something, got a big base hit. He's starting to get the speed of everything. I would not touch Colton Wong. 
Uh, now, I don't have a problem with, in game two of doubleheaders, going to Max Schrock. Uh, but, look, Colton Wong is, I'm saying, if they get through this next week, by the time we're getting out of Chicago, Colton Wong is going to be the Colton Wong we saw in the second half of next year of last year. Uh, does Schrock have a spot on the field with the Wong struggle at the plate? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, concerned about Carpenter at the plate. A lot of weak contact. You know, Carpenter's still hitting into the ship. And he came in, uh, he was batting in a lot of really important situations that he didn't come through. It was awesome to see him come through today. I'm anxious to see if that carries into uh, some type of like trend moving forward. He also hit the ball really hard to center field. That was probably knocked down by the wind. That might have been a home run. Uh, I will say that today was the first time maybe this year that I was encouraged by what I've seen out of Matt Carpenter. There was a lot of concerns up until that point at the plate. So I'm anxious to see. It's definitely worth being concerned, but let's not be glib to the fact that there were positives today. Derek Iwanek says, any chance Thompson gets a start this season? I would think no, uh, but you just never know. Look, uh, with, with as many games as the Cardinals have, this, and we're talking about Zach Thompson, uh, with as many games as the Cardinals have back-to-back, with what could happen with COVID testing, uh, anything could happen. I would put the chances at very slim. I think Johan Oviedo would get a better chance than him. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, the real RW22 says, what you drinking? I am drinking uh, Irish coffee, Bailey's bourbon and coffee here. Trying to get myself to the Blues game and through the Blues game tonight. And we're drinking our normal Four Roses bourbon. To all of our good friends at Prospects After Dark, we raise our glass. 68 Inches and Ugly says, do you think uh, a team like the A's at value defense trade for Bader and accept Fowler in the deal? No, no. Look, so remember that after this year, the Cardinals only have one more year of Dexter Fowler. I don't think Fowler is going to get traded. Um, and also, I think the Cardinals somewhat benefit from a shortened season uh, with that Fowler contract uh, because of how it is. Look, look the Cardinals aren't going to trade Dexter Fowler. Now, if he has a good year this year, if somebody might bite on one year at 15-5 or 16-5, whatever it is, yeah, maybe something like that happens. That could be interesting. A contender that's just looking for a platoon-type veteran outfielder. Yeah, maybe something like that happens, but I wouldn't expect anything like that to happen in the near future. Dick Hutt Dillon says, who's the close going forward with KK struggling at the beginning? But remember, KK's in the, in the uh, uh, rotation now. My guess would be, based on what we saw yesterday, it seemed like Mike Schilt was just saving Andrew Miller for a safe situation. So my guess would be Andrew Miller. Uh, Cards Clone says, do you think Reyes has legit mechanics issues leading to his injuries? You know, I'm, uh, I know that there's some people on Twitter who swear by that. Um, I think pitchers are prone to injuries just based on the fact that the arm is not meant to throw overhand. We know that. We've known that since, you know, 1901. Um, but, uh, uh, look, I think that pitchers are prone to arm injuries. Uh, I know delaying your arm allegedly leads to it. I know that there's been a lot of science that points to that. Uh, I'll leave that to smarter people, and I'll just say that I just don't know. Our good friend Matty I says, does this year hurt Jan Torres as Jan Torres and his development more than any other guy left on the 60 like hence? Uh, yeah, probably. Now, I was meaning to check, you know, Jahan Torres, I wondered if the reason that he was left off of the 60, the satellite camp, is because of, like, visa issues or COVID-related issues. I've been meaning to check that out. Uh, I haven't. I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, look, I don't know what to think. Um, my guess is that um, as far as projecting how people's development is going to look uh, uh, or who's hurt by the COVID break, 
uh, at the you know minor league level. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be individual. I think I think it's going to be very individualized. I don't know who it's going to hurt more. I don't know who it's going to hurt less. You know, I, I think that it's going to be. You know, you can't say Jan Torres is going to hurt. You can't say all 19-year-old outfielders are going to be hurt or all 24-year-old uh, uh, relief pitchers. I think that the people that are like hurt most are the older players at the middle levels of the minor leagues because when they contract the minor leagues, they're not going to have a spot. There's no reason to keep them around. They're going to have to go to whatever bullshit dream league Major League Baseball dreams up, uh, and that will be the end of their playing days. I think they're the ones who are most hurt. But like we talked a little about earlier, um, uh, Matty Ice, the guys that I think of is I, I think of someone like Luke and Baker, you know, 22-year-old Luke and Baker, who showed promise at the Florida State League in two of the five months of the Florida State League and then was poised to break out in the Texas League, who missed an entire year. But at least he has a Texas Christian uh, University background and maybe some access to facilities that other people don't have. Um, you know, my suggestion would be that poorer players probably don't have anything like probably have a harder path to minor league success. Uh, but I don't know because being a minor league player is living a life of poverty. So maybe they have more of a, an honest track towards next year. You know, I just don't know. You know, I, I know it's a kind of a cop-out answer, Matty Ice. And I know that whatever I said was just rambling nonsense just a minute ago. And I'm sorry about that. But that's just my way of saying that I don't know who this hurts most. I know that in my mind, it hurts all minor leaguers to a great deal that they don't get to play competitively this year. Um, and, and that sucks, and it breaks my heart because I love minor league baseball. My life is substantially less without minor league baseball, uh, and I feel the pit of void every minute that I don't get to watch it. Uh, Dick Hutt, blah, blah, blah. Um, Bayburn, Brayburn, 27, says O'Neal and left. Thomas in center and Carlson in right is hands down our best outfielder. Hey, look, you're not going to get an argument with me. Uh, let's see. Matty Ice says, Hence just got drafted. Which player is hurt more by a year off at their defense, at their different spots in development? Again, I hope I answered it. Ryan Tripp9 says, Do you see Reyes uh, staying in the bullpen long term? I think if he's a dominant bullpen piece, you keep him in the bullpen and you don't test your luck. Um, that's happened in the past. I mean, my favorite guy who I think is still best suited to be a starter is, is Ryan Helsley. Uh, that's where Helsley's at. That's where Trevor Rosenthal was at. You know, like, I think I think what you do with Alex Reyes, um, let, let me take a step back. With Alex Reyes, entering this year, my thought was whatever you get out of him is a positive. You have no expectations for him, and whatever you get is a positive. What we got this weekend was monstrous. It was filthy, it was dirty, it was mean, and it was lovely. So my thought is let's not tempt fate. Again, I think he has a repertoire if he's healthy and can maintain health to be a starting pitcher. But if he's going to be that dominant out of the bullpen, let's not get cute with it. Let's let him dominate out of the bullpen. Good Life Sean says, why are the Cubs fans so mad about the series? I don't know, man. They're Cubs fans. Roy McAvoy says, how much does this weird season hurt Gorman's development? You know, I do worry, now that you bring up Gorman, guys that with high K rates already, I do worry a little bit more that missing a season hurts. Uh, but again, you know, my thought is, I don't know. I think it's going to be individualized based uh, sh- solely on the player and what access to um, uh, equipment and technology they have. What's up, March Hayden? How are you? Hi, Kyle. Cards curing blues depression. Yeah, it's nice to have baseball back, isn't it? Uh, Brayden Brown says, is Woodford to Luke Weaver a fair uh, ceiling comp? 
No, so um, yeah. While while Luke Weaver was a primary fastball changeup with a, a you know generously fringe curve, um, Woodford is a curve fastball guy. Uh, let me say this: Weaver being dragon, you know, uh, dragon drop. Uh, you know, drop and drive, drop and drive, drag and drop. Jesus tells you where my mind's been. Uh, drop and drive style pitcher um, who relied more on command than Woodford did. Um, I would say that the two of them are pretty different pitchers. Um, a ceiling comp, you know, I do think that Luke Weaver has a higher ceiling than Jake Woodford has ever really shown. You know, uh, for me, it's funny. I think that, like, when I think of Jake Woodford, I think he, I think it like Dakota Hudson, some amalgam of Dakota Hudson and Brad Thompson. Like, uh, maybe that's Jake Westbrook. Uh, I I don't know. Like, I I always do this thing with Jake Woodford where I always call him Jake Westbrook. But like, that's the kind of guy that I could see. You know, he's going to benefit from getting you know fifty to sixty percent ground balls if he's throwing the ball with command like he did then there's something else there. There's an entire new level in his development. But he doesn't do it enough. He's never shown that at the minor league level. Maybe he's taking that step now. I'm really hopeful that he is. Uh, uh, but as far as like a ceiling comp, you know, I do. I usually don't dabble in the ceiling talk because the ceiling is such an unrealistic expectation for every player in baseball, except for the elite, like, one one-hundredth of a percent. So, um, yeah, look, he has the potential to be a major league starter for more than a handful of, or a major league pitcher whether it be in the bullpen or as a starter or a swingman for a majority of years. Not really for more than five years. Not really said, oh, wait, hold on. Marchand says, why is Flaherty not starting? Look, the Cardinals are trying to be as careful with their ace as possible. They want to get him some bullpen sessions, and they want to get him as ready to start and as close to as good of shape as possible as he can be, and that's why he's not. And, again, starting pitching hasn't been the issue, so that's a positive. Um, not really. Thoughts about MLS branding? Figured you'd like it as I do. Yeah, I love it. Look. Uh, uh, St. Louis City, I like. I like the logo. You know, I, I don't mind the colors. I like Lou City as uh, the nickname. I don't have any problems with it. Uh, little Matty A says, do you think that there will be an asterisk next to the World Series winner? No, I don't. I think that that's a lot of heavy talk. Shelton Mysterio says, Dex has been good this season. Yeah, he's been really good. Quinn says, uh, has Dylan Carlson been fitted for his red jacket yet? It's coming. It's coming. Uh, Liz58 Buck says, I like Dex this year. Hope he continues. Yeah, uh, Liz, we are very, very hopeful um, that this is a, a continuing trend for Dexter Fowler because he's a great dude and uh, we want to see him be successful. Uh, Ethan Kenimer says, We could have gotten. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, oh come on. Oh, uh, Ethan Kenimer says, We could have gotten Zach Wheeler for Harrison Bader last year, right? No. No, more than likely you would have needed to have given up more than that. And you're only talking about 11 starts to Zach Wheeler anyways. You know, I think that's one of those things where only a part report becomes fact to a good portion of people. Uh, when the reality is not only what got reported later, but from what I understand, that that was just the starting point for 11 starts to Zach Wheeler. Uh, you would have needed, the Cardinals would have needed to have given substantially more to get it. Our good friend Jeff Niehaus, who we love with all of our hearts, says Schilt seems like he should get a conversion van with no windows. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he should get one. It seems like he already has one. CardsFan022 says, I just pulled 97 Carlson on the show. I love the padlock. 
See, everybody go to the show right now. You'll get your amazing Carlson. And I don't even know what any of that means, but we did it. We got about 20 more minutes of pad. Uh, the, oh, uh, Victoria's telling us no Tarasenko tonight. You know, I'm fine with that. Again, get more speed in there. And Tarasenko hasn't looked particularly good. Ryan Reynolds, our good friend, says the Cardinals have lettuce and it's wonderful. Should be on a T-shirt. Now we're talking Ethan Kenimer, our good I'm going to try to say our good friend from here on out. Our good friend Ethan Kenimer says, uh, I know he's not a Cardinal anymore, but Zach Gallen has been great. Uh, and he says this year for Arizona, but he's been great. You know, when the Cardinals made that trade, I was pretty vocal on prospects after dark of saying that Zach Gallen was the biggest uh, the biggest uh, um, walk. Like, losing Zach Gallen was bigger than uh, uh, Alcantara, or Alcantara, rather, um, bigger than Magnara Sierra, and it's awesome to see him perform. Uh, our good friend Braeburn27 says Harrison Bader is literally the Cardinals' Pete Borges. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. Our good friend Ben Cerruti says last year too, Ethan. Uh, let's see. I think Carp is going to be fine. We'll see. Ben Cerruti says no Steener either. I, I like that. Uh, Steen looks slow and bad. And keeping Steen out of the lineup, uh, I think, is uh, is important. Troy Brower, Eric Brewer. Uh, our good friend Tuana21 says, what's up, dude? What's up, yo? Uh, friggin' card, our good friends and family, friggin' cards and cards gifts, uh, gives the cheers. Cheers to you and your lovely family. We're out of bourbon. Out of coffee and out of bourbon. So we'll just go ahead and refill that. Uh, Fowler has been good. No need to trade him. We'll see. You know, you, you always keep your, uh, your options open. Uh, what the hell is Munoz up to right now? I don't know. I don't know where he's at in regards to the Red Sox organization. He's a member of it, but I don't know. Uh, where it's at, our good friends, the, uh, again, our good friend 70s Bush asked about Munoz, and our good friend the Steve Vaughn, uh, who was in my DMs earlier with his beautiful white pullover Ray Linkford retro jersey. Uh, it's beautiful, bud. Good work. Uh, let's go Blues from Good Life Showing. Let's go Blues to the Blues. We've raised our glass. Yeah, now, Holden Cantor brings up a good point. Holden, great observation. Uh, Bryce Denton looks like he has a pretty sweet setup to train through all this. Yeah, you know, he comes from a pretty affluent family, a baseball family that invests a lot of money into baseball. And hes you would think that a guy like that who has resources at his disposal are in a good shape as compared to other players who might not have resources at their disposal. Um, uh, anyways, they're in a better shape than people who don't in regards to going an entire year without competitive minor league baseball. Victoria Dreitz says, Kyle, you get your wish. Kairu's in the fourth line with Mac Max, Steen, and Tarasenko not playing. Uh, J.P. Hill, our good friend from Viva Alberto, says, oh, filthy, dirty, mean. Our good friend Victoria Dryden too, uh, says, filthy, dirty, mean, and lovely. Nice. That's what I'm here. Hey, Jay Ferg! Jay Ferg says, I am the ceiling. Jay Ferg, you know what's funny, bud? I saw your tweet uh, uh, earlier in the week about your hands, and you're right, you probably have the worst hands on Cardinal Twitter. I'm doing asphalt now. I normally do concrete, but we're short on people, so I've been doing asphalt. And my hands aren't as bad. But I got to tell you, man, when, when we're in August during the concrete season, I promise next year if we get to do concrete, uh, uh, you'll, I'll show you my hands, and they are as close to as bad as what you showed. Uh, it's probably still a kick lower. Uh, but look, to, to my working people, uh, not a, look, everybody who's working, everybody who's hustling, every day I'm hustling, uh, to, to all the people working for their paychecks, uh, I raise my glass, but especially the people in the construction uh, and, and handsy industry, as Jay Ferg is. To, to all my people. Look, to all my pad people, I love you guys. To the Cardinals baseball return, to prospects after dark, we raise our glass. 
Oh, Iowa Neck asked a pretty good question. Uh, will these guys, our good friend Iowa Neck, Derek, says, uh, will these guys making their debuts graduate from the Dirty 35? I'll be honest with you, Derek. I don't even know what to do with the Dirty 35. You know, I, I can go on some of the information I'm getting from the satellite camp, but like I said earlier, it's all been positive, so I don't really know what to do there. I don't know what to do with the Dirty 35. Now, you know me, I like writing about new guys more than I like writing about guys over and over again. So more than likely, I'll use this as an opportunity to not talk about Jake Woodford anymore, not talk about Seth Elledge anymore, not talk about the guys that we've been talking about for years and years and years, and use that as an opportunity to talk about guys that we otherwise might not have talked about uh, if they kept them on the list. So that's probably what I'll do. I'll probably graduate as many guys as we've been as I can that we've been talking about for years. You know, with that being said, like, Maybe, like, if, for instance, if Zach Thompson makes a major league debut, I'm not going to graduate him off. But Cody Whitley, yeah. I don't know, granted, we haven't been talking about Cody Whitley forever, but I'll probably graduate Cody Whitley off. You know, uh, uh, Seth Elledge probably won't get a chance. Max Schrock probably won't get a chance. Not, they're not all in the Dirty 35, but they're probably not guys that I'm going to write about or talk about anymore. You know, we've talked about them nonstop, whether it be... Um, um, you know, in the position player rankings or in past 30-35. Like, I'm just going to look for – what I'm saying is I try my hardest when I do the Dirty 35 to not talk about the guys that we've been talking about for like a handful of years. I want to talk about the guys that – to inform you uh, about. So I probably won't talk about the guys we've been talking about for five or six years, and I'll use that as an excuse to talk about more new guys that we're going to be learning about in – three to four years. That's probably how I'll handle the Dirty 35. Crawford 25 says, which Kurt Cardinal would you guess gets the MVP votes in a Cardinal uniform? <sighs> Paul Goldschmidt is probably the easiest answer there. Um, you know, my head and heart, not, not my head, my heart says that Tyler, like I had a thought today where there's a legitimate chance that Tyler O'Neill could win a silver slugger uh, in a 60 game season specifically. Um, so, yeah, my thought would be, uh, uh, dealing with my heart, I would say Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson. If I'm dealing with my head, I'd say Paul Goldschmidt and and maybe a hot-hitting Yadier Molina because of how good his defense is. Maybe something like that could happen. Uh, that would be my answer. Uh, 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 hey, uh, Holden, on his DTSNSTL cards site, says, Allen in the net tonight, not Finner. Interesting. That is interesting. Uh, first time we've seen that in the playoffs since Binner took over as a starting goaltender. CardsFan022 says, can we just say John Heyman is the worst reporter in the game? Look, there are plenty of bad reporters. Heyman isn't the worst. Just, he fuck, he really, really fucked up and looked like a complete fucking asshole when it came to that shit, uh, um, when it came to that shit in regards to what the Cardinals were doing, uh, to get COVID. Nonsense despicable he should have he should have uh, uh apologized for it our good friend social matt says if you could have one former cards prospect back who would it have been lynn gallon alcantara so what i'll say is uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna refine that so like guys like lance lynn who were cardinals prospects had a long tenure as a cardinal and then uh moved on i'm gonna i'm gonna eliminate those guys uh it just makes it easy um, so for me, it is easily Zach Gallen. You know, I know a lot of people will say um, uh, Oscar uh, Oscar Mercado, uh, uh, Oscar Mercado, Jesus, Yon Mercado, Oscar Mercado. I know some people will say that. I'm fine with that trade. Again, I think we're starting to see more of what that guy really is. 
uh, which is to say a great third to fourth outfielder whose speed and defense is where his value is, uh, and also his ability to steal bases and hit for extra base hits makes him better than Harrison Bader. Um, but for me, it's Zach Gallen. I knew that that kid was special. I love watching. I love his mechanics. I loved how nasty he was. It was fun to watch the minor leagues. I thought there was something more there. Uh, uh, so for me, just thinking about it really quick, it'd be Zach Gallen. Uh, by the way, and also as uh, Brian J uh, underscore five says, how about Daniel Castano? Castano was the other player. So it was Castano, Sierra, Alcantara, and Gallen for Marcelo Zuna. We raise our glass to Daniel Castano, who had a rough Major League debut, but a very positive second start for the Miami Marlins. Uh, again, we root for the St. Louis Cardinals. We root for their prospects, except for when they're playing the Cardinals. And uh, we get very, very happy and excited whenever any former Cardinal does well. And that's what makes us truly the best fans in baseball. Uh, our good friend Brian J. Uh, and social Matt and our good friend Derek says, how about that Lance Lynn? It's awesome to see Lance Lynn being amazing. Uh, cards, clones, and also you talk about some amazing lettuce. Lance Lynn isn't fucking around anymore, fam. That lettuce is for real. Our good friend Cards, clone says, Piscotti looking pretty good this year. Happy for him. Yeah, yeah, again, it goes back to the last thing we were saying a second ago. Um, I, uh, I love Stephen Piscotti. I love these kids that we get to watch at the minor league level but at the Cardinals, and then maybe get traded off, depending on, like, Aledmi's Diaz. You know, uh, we, we talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. a second ago. Remember, every team passed on Aledmi's Diaz. Uh, every team. Every team. Aledmi's Diaz, who is older than Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, signed for a minor league deal with the Cardinals. Um, could have signed a major league deal if he would have been more impressive. Uh, so, we root for these guys, because we love them, and we're Cardinals fans, and baseball's amazing. Uh, Gritchick sisters as pimping ain't easy. I like where your head's at. Cars Clone says, can you drop some of that sat comp, that sat camp positive info? Look, uh, everything I've heard is good. I've heard Gorman is hitting bombs. Uh, I've heard the defense looks good. I was getting positive, uh, uh, information. Now I'm starting to get hiccups. Breathe. Breathe. I was getting positive information about Dylan Carlson before he got the start, or the, the call up. Oh, look, it's been nothing but positive, uh, and so that's whatever. Uh, D-T-S-N-S-T-L card says, Carlson would have gotten a huge standing ovation at Bush. Fuck COVID. Yeah, duh, fuck COVID. Uh, but, you know, he'll still get that huge standing ovation in his first start at Bush after COVID. I guarantee it, because that's what beef him finna beef him. Social mat. Almost got me to fucking choke. Said you could write about Bartolo on the Dirty 35. Don't think I fucking won't. So what you guys don't realize is on the Dirty 35, I when I uh, when I uh, when we did the wrap up, I created a completely fake prospect. And when I say I created, I mean Alex Crisofoli, my brethren over at Birth in the Black, created a completely fake prospect, a relief pitcher that we call Ricky Coinside. Not a real dude. But I write about him every once in a while. I like to throw him in there. And no one has noticed that he's fake. This is the first time I've addressed him or talked to him about him, uh, about being fake. Uh, uh, so if I can write about Bartolo, if I can write about this fake prospect, this fake relief pitcher that doesn't exist and no one call me out on it, then I can definitely write about Bartolo Cologne as a prospect on the Dirty 35. Uh, to Alex Crisofoli 
and Tara Wallman, who do Chirps, uh, over at Birds on the Black. It's a great podcast. If you're not listening to it, you need to listen to it. They're both amazing human beings. Uh, they're, they're both great baseball analysts, but they're also, as great as they are analysts of baseball, Cardinal baseball, they're even better human beings. I raise my glass. Holden says, all right, going to go watch the Blues game. Cheers to Pat. Cheers to you, Holden. Cheers to everyone. Uh, Braden Brown says, we got destroyed in the Ozuna trade. Lord, Lord. Yeah, but remember at the time it was the right trade. Now, I will say that I got roasted when I said I'm just not excited about Ozuna. People were like, what do you mean you're not excited? They traded from depth to get uh, something of need. Uh, and that's all you can ask for. Like, if you're going to build depth, that's how you do it. We all would have liked Yelich. That wasn't going to happen. It didn't seem like the Marlins wanted to trade Yelich. Uh, uh, so we got Ozuna. And we had some positives with Ozuna. We had the best moment in the last hundred years of Cardinal baseball where Ozuna climbed the wall and then dove for a ball that was 75 feet away from the wall. Happiest moment of my life. Funniest thing I've ever seen as a Cardinal fan. Uh, I couldn't be any happier that it happened, even though it was a miserable event. Um, so, yeah, that's... You know, things happen. I like the fact that Mo was aggressive. Uh, for uh, for a fan base that always bitching about Mo not being aggressive, I like that he was willing to go the extra mile to get Marcelo Zuno when the Cardinals needed a bat, even though uh, they got a, even though they knew his arm was messed up, which was a dumb thing to do. Cars gift says, "Oh no, spilling the Ricky coincided beans." Uh, I'm ordering. I'm ordering a coincide jersey. What's his number, Kyle? We'll ask Alex Cards clones. Uh, and we'll get a number for you. Um, uh, so, uh, real fast, uh, I want to talk about my birds on the Black family. Again, we talked about Tara and Alex a second ago. They do chirps. It's wonderful. I love Zach Gifford with every ounce of my heart and every ounce of my being. He does nerds, and he's also the smartest baseball mind from a statistical analy like analysis uh, 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 standpoint in Cardinal Twitter. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, he's also really cute for all you ladies out there. Uh, ben Cerruti is also very cute, who I've met uh, right as Mr. Hicks comes in here. Uh, ben Cerruti is a wonderful human being who I would maybe say is number two uh, in analyzing from an advanced stats standpoint. Love that guy. Uh, got to meet him. Awesome dude. Uh, feel privileged to be a part of Birds on the Black with both of them. Uh, Nicholas Childress and Stu Styles do the game recaps, the best game recaps in all of baseball. It's beautiful and wonderful. Uh, SEO Cup of Joe gets a shout out because he was a founding member. Uh, we will always respect the work that SEO Cup of Joe has done. Uh, so to all of my birds on the black family, I raise my glass as we start to end Prospects After Dark before the Blues game. Now I say that, uh, let's, as I say that, I also say hello to Mr. Jason Hicks. Um, again, I, I feel privileged to have some line of communication uh, with people. Uh, not only like Mr. Hicks and Mr. Carlson and players and maybe some, some scouts and some front office people, but, uh, but also like you, just the pad people. My DMs are open. Always feel free to DM me about anything, whether you're going through bullshit in your personal life or you want to talk about baseball or prospects or whatever. That's the beauty of Prospects After Dark. We are one community working together uh, uh, for the same goal, which is happiness while watching baseball and, and the such. But as customary with Prospects After Dark, uh, I raise my glass to both uh, the Hicks and Carlson family, to the godfather of Prospects After Dark, Jason Hicks, I raise my glass, uh, the queen of Prospects After Dark, Jennifer Hicks, I raise my glass, and uh, now we've got a whole conflict here, 
uh, the player of Prospects After Dark, Jordan, we raise our glass. We also raise our glass to uh, Mr. Jeff Carlson. This is Karen Carlson, uh, 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 the little brother of Prospects After Dark, Tanner Carlson. And uh, the what I will call the prospect of Prospects After Dark uh, until he exhausts his prospect eligibility, which will hopefully be in about 30 games, uh, Dylan Carlson. But specifically to the Hicks and Carlson family, we raise our glass. You guys are fucking awesome. I'm honored to have you both in here, even if it is on a, a very, very uh, a friendly note. Uh, you guys are awesome. I don't know what else to say. I'm just going to ramble like an asshole, so I'm going to drink instead. Also to my birds on the black family, which includes Cardinals guests who I did not talk about, who I love with all my heart. Let's see. Now we know you're lying. Me cute. No, you're cute, Ben. You look, Ben, even with that beard, Ben, and also going down the neck a little bit, I know you were concerned about it. I loved it. Uh, I think I think mutton chops look good on you and Alex, uh, and that makes me happy, and you guys should have done Oh, Stu. God damn it. I love that Stu Styles. Jason, I'm so glad you're here. You guys are great. Jeff, I'm so glad you're here. You guys are great. Uh, Brayden Brown says, what am I supposed to do? To avoid the stress of the Blues game, masturbate. Look, what you do is you turn porn on. A lot of lesbian porn. And every time you feel stressed out about watching the Blues game, you just fucking stroke that thing like you own it. And you do own it, so beat it like you own it. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Watching pad makes me nearly as happy as seeing cards baseball again. To you, Colin Dunn. Uh, again, to all of our good friends at Prospects After Dark, including Colin Dunn. We raise our glass. We're going to need a little bit more booze. Hey, Eric B. A card's gifts is a go. Yeah, he's the best. It's not even close. Just enough for one more cheers. God, I love, I love the Birds on the Black family. I love the Prospects After Dark family. I love when Cardinals baseball is going on. I love when minor league baseball is going on more than Cardinals baseball. But I'm happy that we have baseball to talk about. And again, hopefully in one week time, one week's time, we have an entire week of Cardinal baseball where we can actually get a little bit of real analysis other than, I'm just happy they're playing, uh, uh, to talk about. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, I'm, just, I'm excited about the weekend. I hope we get, I hope next Friday or next Sunday we're doing Pat again. Liz says, you're awesome, Kyle, and not too bad on the ice. Thank you so much. That's a flattering. Uh, I am a disgusting-looking human being. I appreciate the flattering. Uh, but you are awesome, too, Liz. Thank you so much. Um, just had to turn the iPad down because I was getting stares, LOL. Yeah, look, I would recommend to all the pad people that the last thing you want to do uh, is turn any type of volume on with me. Just look at me and laugh at how embarrassingly awkward and awful I am, and then turn the volume up whenever you want bad commentary on Cardinal Baseball. Uh, Roy McAvoy says, beat it like you own it is another great t-shirt idea. <laughs> Thanks for the insight, Kyle. Big fan of you and pad. To Drew Langley. Okay, so to all of my birds on the black family, including Zach, who just rejoined. I love you, Zach. You're an amazing human being. I said it a second ago. I told all the ladies here that you're the cutest of all the birds on the black family. Uh, to all of my birds on the black family that I highlighted a second ago, but specifically to the pad people. Uh, you guys are great. And it's exciting to talk about Cardinal baseball. Uh, and it's ex just exciting. Like, this was an exciting weekend. Hopefully this lasts for another 40-something days uh, uninterrupted. But to all the pad people, all my birds on the black uh, brethren and sistren, uh, I raise my glass. My birds on the black familia, my pad familia, 
uh, Carlson's Hicks, uh, Kisner's. Uh, I mean, uh, look, Donovan's, Dobzanski's, look, uh, Pad Reaches, Gombers, O'Neal's, like, uh, look, Pad Reaches. It has a reach, and we are very proud of it, and we are very happy about it, and we are happy that we have been able to cultivate through all of you, through all the Pad and Birds on the Black people, we've been able to cultivate a community that is rare uh, and singular, uh, but also very, very accepting uh, in the most positive way uh, uh, in all of baseball. It's something unique that we have here. And although people try to emulate it, they'll never get it. And that's amazing and wonderful. So to everyone involved in Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark, uh, including my brothers Michael Scott Jim, my father, da- my father Jim, and my mother Denise, uh, I raise my glass. And that's all we have for uh, Prospects After Dark on a Sunday night. Hopefully, we get one more Sunday, uh, and then another Sunday, and then another Sunday, and another Sunday of Prospects After Dark. Bad commentary better than none. God damn it, Zach. Why don't you just, Zach, compliment me. Tell me I'm great at what I do. By the way, I'm never wrong. Look at my, I'm always right, Zach. Give me your numbers, but I'm better than that. Uh, Let's see, Blues game starts. Oh, I'll turn it off, uh, Nighthawk. Now, Hawk, you're wonderful, by the way. Um, uh, and thank you for being sports system to Ashley and all that stuff. Uh, give me score predictions for Blues. I don't understand hockey. Uh, I will go by your algorithm, Zach. You tell me. Uh, uh, and as always, family, happy hunting. Cheers to all of you.